time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. Hey, thank you so much, announcer lady. You know, with the Vintage Truth Podcast is being heard now in about 27 different countries across the world. That's where people are coming from to check out this podcast. You know, this is the 79th podcast of the Vintage Truth Podcast, and I'm very excited that since beginning last August, the audience is continuing to grow. Very excited about that. You know, one of the things about podcasting, and you know, there's a lot of little behind-the-scenes things that go on with podcasting, and uh, one of the things that uh, that happens is that you you actually have to store these podcasts somewhere online in order to make them like available. In other words, in order for you to continue to listen, you, there's got to be storage online and, and that type of thing. And um, the Vintage Truth Podcast is stored at Podomatic.com. In fact, you can go there and listen to all the podcasts. But I'm running out of storage room, running out of memory there, and need to purchase uh, some more memory uh, for the next year and increase the um, the space that uh, that it takes up the bandwidth and also the storage space as well. So uh, I'm asking God to provide about $250 to allow our ministry to do that. And if you'd like to contribute towards that, that $250, you can go to jeffkinley.com and click on the donate tab and take care of that. Uh, also, um, there are some people who are very uh, faithfully supporting uh, this podcast ministry monthly on a monthly basis, um, some with very, very small amounts, which is fantastic because every bit contributes towards the overall goal of getting God's vintage truth out to the nations. And uh, so it's very exciting for me. So, yes, yeah, so episode 79, and we're talking about prophecy this week and specifically to address the question that a lot of people ask, you know, what is the difference between the rapture and the second coming? You know, we hear a lot of talk about the second coming of Christ. People also talk about the rapture. You know, how are those two events different? And I talk about the rapture in my book, Awake the Bride. I have two chapters devoted to the rapture in that book. One of the chapters is talking about, it's called Grounding the Rapture. And it's just talking about how there is a lot of opposition to the concept and to the theological teaching of the rapture in the church today. And a lot of people don't understand uh, what the distinction is between the rapture or if there even is going to be a rapture, and if so, what difference does it really make? That's really the bottom line, isn't it, what difference it makes in our lives today? And, of course, it makes a huge difference. But in a recent survey by the Pew Research Center, uh, they ask people this question. They ask U.S. Christians, uh, Christians in America, will Jesus Christ return soon? Uh, within, like, the next 40 years. This is the response that the Pew Research Center got. 27%, that's a, a fourth of Christians, said Jesus Christ will definitely return in the next 40 years. So those are people who have a sense of confidence that, yeah, you know, we're at the we're at the end of the age here in the last days, and Christ is definitely going to come. There's no way conceptually that he can just put this thing off for forever, okay? 27%. 20% said he probably will return. And those are people that really they are kind of unsure about whether the, you know, there's a, a definite return of Christ. But yeah, he's probably going to come back in the next 40 years. 28% said he probably will not return. What reasons they give for that, we're not, we're not told. 
says that Jesus Christ will definitely not return in the next 40 years. And then 14% said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything about this return of Jesus or rapture thing. And, you know, we talk about it a lot. What's, what is the difference? Well, let's, let's define what we mean by the terms rapture and by the term second coming. Uh, the term rapture uh, comes from the Greek word harpazo in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, where Paul is teaching the Thessalonians, uh, specifically in verse uh, 17, where he says, we shall all be caught up. It's the Greek word harpazo, which means to be snatched away or suddenly seized and taken up. And uh, I go into great detail and wake the bride on how many times that verse is, that word rather is used in the New Testament. What it means, it's the same word used of Paul when he says uh, in Second Corinthians 12, how he was uh, snatched away to the third heaven. Uh, it's the, uh, the idea, it's the same word that was used in Acts chapter 8 when the uh, Ethiopian eunuch uh, was being witnessed to by Philip and all of a sudden after baptizing him, it says he just disappeared, he was snatched away, same word. It's also the same word used in Revelation to speak of the, uh, to referring back to the ascension of Jesus uh, in Revelation. It talks about him, him being uh, caught up and that's uh, Revelation 12, 5, uh, by the way. So, so briefly, the, the two events we're talking about here is that the rapture refers to Jesus Christ returning to rescue his bride as he promised he would in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, speaking of the time when Christ would come and rescue his bride prior to the tribulation of seven years that the world is going to experience as outlined in great detail uh, in Revelation uh, chapters 6 through 19. That's the rapture. The second coming is the event where Jesus Christ bodily and physically returns to planet Earth. His feet touch the ground, the battle of Armageddon, that, that whole thing, that whole scene there. That's the second coming of Christ, okay? So you say, well, Jeff, what what, what do those two events um, look like? Well, Paul tells us in 1 Thess 4 that it says the Lord himself will, will descend from heaven with a shout, but he won't come all the way to the earth, as we'll see here in a minute. It says, with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So he's speaking of Christ's return to rescue the bride before the great tribulation, before the tribulation period of seven years. And he says there's going to be a shout. There's going to be a voice of an archangel. The shout's probably the voice of Christ, the voice the voice of the archangel. We don't know what he's going to say. We don't know what Jesus is going to say. You know, Jesus may say, bride, come forth. The, the voice of the archangel may say, behold, the bridegroom, come out to meet him. We, we just don't know. But it says the dead in Christ will rise first, meaning those who have died in Christ, their, their decayed bodies will be miraculously resurrected out of their graves to join their spirits who have come from heaven with Christ to be reunited, to have now glorified, renewed bodies. It says then, after the dead in Christ are, 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 are raised, we who are alive and remain here on the earth will be caught up, that's our word har, harpazo, which was translated into the Latin, rapture, which became the word rapture, so that's where it comes from. We'll be caught up together with them, with, with who? Well, with the dead in Christ, with their bodies, 
to meet the Lord, where are we going to meet him? In the air. So not on earth, but in the air. Not in heaven, but in the air. In the atmosphere. And thus we will always be with the Lord. That is the rapture. Now, there is a healthy debate in the Christian community among theologians, among people who study eschatology, as to the timing of the rapture. In other words, when will the rapture take place? Will it take place before the tribulation? Will it take place at the end of the tribulation? Will it take place at the midpoint of the tribulation? Or, as some believe, will it take place about you know, four-fifths into the tribulation? And it's my view that the rapture will take place before the tribulation because God has not destined us for wrath. And we don't see the church in the book of Revelation. We don't see, in fact, zero mention of the church uh, during the time when the tribulation is being discussed. I could do a whole other podcast on why we, why I believe, why we believe in the pre-tribulational rapture. Well, I'll save that for another time. But there are different you know, debates upon the timing of the rapture. But that's the rapture. Jesus returns to take his bride. And then the second coming is Christ coming back for judgment. Not, not to rescue anyone, but to bring judgment. So what's the difference between these two? Well, in sort of a comparison, let me just give you a difference between the rapture and the second coming. And these are basically, um, basically 13 differences between those two events, okay? And those two events will happen seven years apart, about seven years apart. So in the rapture is that all believers are translated from earth to heaven. In the second coming, the Bible says the church comes with him. The saints come with Christ, not to come to Christ. In other words, in the, in the rapture, Jesus comes for his bride. In the second coming, Jesus comes with his bride. So there's a, a vast difference there. Secondly, we're going to be changed, completely changed at the rapture. But in the second coming, there's no change that happens with believers. We're already changed when we return with Christ. So there's no, we, we don't receive any new glorified bodies at, at that event. Now what we do receive are white horses. Scripture says we will be galloping behind him on these white war horses. So if you've never ridden a horse, you'll learn how to do that in heaven. For the rapture, the earth is not judged at that time. It's simply a rescue operation. But for the second coming, the earth is judged, and eventually righteousness is established at the second coming. With the rapture, it's imminent, meaning it could happen at any moment. It is a signless, prophesied event. In other words, you can't look to anything in the world and go, ah, that tells me that the rapture is going to happen, you know, in six months or in a month or in a week or whatever. Nothing like that. It's imminent. It can, that, that's why the whole imagery behind being snatched up is suddenly, it's unexpected. It's expected, but it's unexpected. You know, the early church had a massive spirit of anticipation and expectation for Christ to return for them. And I list all those references as to how that 
played itself out in the New Testament church. I have all that in Wake the Bride. But do you see that today in the church? Do you see people in the church looking forward to the second coming of Christ? Do you hear that being preached? I mean, you know, it's like people talking about, oh, this Saturday, you know, our team is playing in this championships, conference championship, or whatever. People are so excited, looking forward to it. We look forward to Thanksgiving or to Christmas or to Fourth of July like we just had. You know, all these events and dates and holidays, is anybody looking forward to the return of Christ? Are we excited about that event? Well, the New Testament church was. I have a, I have a feeling that that contribute, contributed to the fact that they helped turn the world upside down because there's something that that anticipation does for the collective body of Christ. So we can ask ourselves, why aren't we having more impact in our world today? Well, it may have something to do with the fact that we've lost our sense of anticipation for the return of Christ. So the rapture is something that's imminent, could happen at any moment. But the second coming, rather, follows these definite, predicted, prophetic signs, including the whole seven-year tribulation. I mean, it's like when you see these signs happening, as we see in Revelation 6 through 19, these judgments, are the, the seal judgments, the the trumpet judgments, the bowl judgments. When you see the things happening, you know that the second coming of Christ is right around the corner, relatively speaking. But there are no signs for the rapture. That's a huge difference between these two events. Number five, the, the rapture is not in the Old Testament. But the second coming is predicted in the Old Testament. We see it in Zechariah 12, and Daniel 2, Daniel 7, Daniel 12. We see it in the Old Testament. We don't see it in the, in the, the um, we don't see the rapture in the Old Testament because the church was a, still a mystery at that point. You see, the rapture is for the church. The church didn't begin till Acts chapter 2. And so to Old Testament saints, to Old Testament prophets, the whole concept of this church idea, the ecclesia, the called out ones that included Jews and Gentiles, was a mystery. And Paul talks about that mystery in Ephesians. He says, he says this thing wasn't even revealed to you guys till now. And that's what a mystery is, a previously unknown activity of God. So wasn't known in the Old Testament. Number seven, or excuse me, number six, it says that the rapture affects believers only in terms of the, of, of the impact of it, of the, the immediate impact of it. You know, the rapture happens, unbelievers are, are unaffected. In other words, they're not taken. It's only for believers. It's not for unbelievers. But the second coming is really for all men, all humankind, as it impacts the entire world. Now, the rapture will have these, these huge concentric, uh, you know, circling effects that will, that will radiate outward, these concentric circles of impact. It'll change everything, but it's not for everyone. It's for believers. It's meant to rescue believers. But the second coming is going to impact the entire world. It's going to be judgment, final judgment for those who remain on the earth. The rapture, number seven, happens before the day of wrath. The second coming is the conclusion of the day of wrath in terms of the tribulation. So it's the final judgment. And the rapture happens before the judgment begins. I would argue that the rapture is a, a 
sort of judgment, and not a sort of it is a judgment, because the rapture is revealing the fact that the world truly has rejected Christ, and this is the outcome, is I'm going to pour out my wrath, but before I do that, I'm going to rescue my bride. So it really is a final judgment. It's going to be a judgment on nations. Really, the, really the, kind of the first judgment of the whole end times period is this judgment of the rapture because the impact it's going to make on many nations, including the United States of America. America will not survive the rapture because of the impact of how many people will be missing and from all walks of life. Uh, we're going to just implode on ourselves. And that's going to catapult us into the tribulation period as a country. Number eight, there's no reference to Satan when it comes to the rapture. But but when the second coming occurs, the beast and the false prophet will be seized. Revelation chapter 19, verse 20 says, and they'll be thrown into, thrown alive into the lake of fire, which burns with brimstone. And right after that, Satan is going to be bound for a thousand years. So the second coming has an immediate impact upon Satan, but the rapture is not uh, does not impact him in that way. Number nine, as I alluded to earlier, uh, in the rapture, Christ comes for his own. In the second coming, Christ comes with his own. Number 10, in the rapture, Jesus comes in the air. In the second coming, he comes to the earth. Number 11, in the rapture, Jesus claims his bride. In the second coming, he comes with his bride to execute judgment upon the earth. So one is, is rescue and the other is judgment. Number 12, only Christians see Christ at the rapture. We're the only ones who are going to see him. But in the second coming, the Bible says, Revelation 1-7, that every eye will see him. Wow. And, you know, for the first time, from a technological standpoint, although I don't believe that, that everything can be explained by technology in Revelation, certainly technology could play a part in the whole world seeing Christ. I mean, it's, it's simulcast. You know, the battle of the nations, Armageddon. And here comes, you know, rumor is they're doing battle against God. So God's going to show up there. It's conceivable that every eye could see him through technology. But I believe supernaturally as well, every eye will see him. I believe that literally, by the way. And then finally, the rapture signifies that the tribulation period is about to begin. The second coming signifies that the millennial kingdom is about to begin. You know, Dr. John Walvert, who was president of Dallas Seminary when I was there, fantastic man, learned so much under him. He, he says that, that, quote, these contrasts should make it evident that the translation of the church or the rapture is an, e an event quite different in character and time from the return of the Lord, the second coming, to establish his kingdom and confirms the conclusion that the rapture takes place before the tribulation, end quote. My friends, there are huge differences between the rapture and the second coming. And for more information about that, you should pick up my book, Wake the Bride. I also talk about the rapture in the end of America, Bible prophecy in a country in crisis, but there's so many references uh, to the rapture and to the second coming. 
all throughout the New Testament and, of course, the Old Testament, too, for the second coming. So those are some of the contrasts, some of the differences that we see between these two glorious events. And by the way, they both should really get our attention. And next time I'm going to talk about if the rapture is such a big deal, how should it impact my life right now? Talk more about that. Prophecy Week here at Vintage Truth Podcast. We'll see you on Friday. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com.